What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the podcast. It's all about Dunwoody, Georgia. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a residential real estate agent with EXP Realty, working with clients in the Dunwoody area. I started the podcast four years ago with uh, my brother-in-law, Justin Dyke, to learn more about the city and to feature the folks that make Dunwoody a great place to live. Mainstream media has, you know, can be so negative. We've tried to make the brand kind of a positive place for the community, branching out to running Facebook groups and in-person meetups and Instagram lives, just trying to find the most effective way to get the best local stories out to the residents of Dunwoody. So four years back, um, that was podcasting. I knew that I personally would love to learn more about the city through my AirPods. Um, that was kind of a niche that we could fill. Now those Facebook groups are probably receiving the most engagement. We've kind of cut back on publishing weekly podcast episodes. Um, Justin's missed a couple of the past recordings, and so this one I brought back a fan favorite to help me co-host, Mr. Steven Schumacher. He even found us a nice meeting room at the Atlanta Marriott Perimeter Center, and we sat down with our new council member, Rob Price, to talk about Dunwoody and his short time on council. The conversation took place like three or four weeks ago, right after the NFL Divisional Championship. So we, me and Steven, immediately get off topic when we hear that Rob is a Bengals fan, but it was fun. So I hope you enjoy it too. As always, the show is brought to you by Dr. Brett Friedman and Village Orthodontics. Him teaming up with us um, was like three years ago, I guess, has really changed me. Now that he straightened my teeth with Invisalign type trays, I found myself looking at other people's teeth a lot more. Uh, my wife's gotten hers done. My kids are next. I've never had braces when I was younger. And then from like 20 to 35, it did not even cross my mind to consider paying for braces for myself. But now that I'm 40, I see it as investing in myself. And the effort is just so minimal. Um, you really just wear the trays 20 hours a day, take them out when you don't want to wear them. Having them straightened through the pandemic was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And you'd be surprised at just how little it costs these days. I'm telling you, just go in, talk to Dr. Brett, and he'll take care of the rest. Now, here's our conversation with District 2 City Councilman Rob Price. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. We're here with Rob Price. And Steven Schumacher. And Steven is Atlanta Marriott Perimeter What do you do here? Yes. We, I am the uh, senior sales manager. You may remember me from such uh, amazing entities like Discover Dunwoody. Uh, I've since joined one of our hotels that I used to sell for many, many years with the Discover Dunwoody team. And I'm back uh, on property. It's been six years since I was at a hotel, but I'm here now at the wonderful, renovated Atlanta Marriott Perimeter Center. You got us a nice office here, yeah. too. Nice it's called the Ravinia Boardroom. Yeah. Rentable. Just give me a call. <laughs> no. Well, we'll plug that later. Yeah, well, <laughs> your sales pitch. Are yes. you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> but Steven's here to fill in for Justin today, um, who is may or may not have COVID. <laughs> oh, so, probably. Yeah, so we decided not to bring him. Yeah. It's today. probably a smart quarantine. That's probably, yeah. Quarantine is probably a smart idea right now. So, so. how about those Bengals? Um, it was a very nice game last night. I, I uh, don't do Facebook posts too often these days, but I had to put a little hootay out there, and I had to listen to a Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses after the game. So yeah. it, was, it was nice. It was incredible. I, I, you know, Watching that game, you see why Joe Burrow is who he is and what he did at LSU. Mm -hmm. And that must be exciting to see him you know, get injured last year and come back. And yeah, it's pretty, it's fun. I'm a Patriots fan, so my kind of uh, you know thing is ending where yours might be rising. But it's it's cool to be in a different city when your team does well. And I'll take it. I, I noted I was, I was a freshman in college the last time yeah. the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. 
and um, the 49ers, thank goodness, are not in yes. right now because that's kind of been the, uh, the nemesis twice. <laughs> twice back when Anderson was a quarterback as well. And, and Boomer. Uh, and then Boomer in, uh, in uh, 88, 89. So. Well, congrats. You got two weeks to enjoy this. Yeah. I can tell it's you been it's been an amazing two weeks of football. Yes. Just overall. Yeah, it's been some good <laughs> games, some really good games. The one yesterday was a letdown. It was like a three-point game. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Which is crazy because I knew my three-point game would be incredible. But you're like, yeah, oh, we've had so many good games with these walk-off field goals. You're like, what? No, every time? What right? the hell? And who knew that a kicker would get so many jersey sales? That McPherson yeah. kid is going to yeah. be a legend if you guys win the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. Good luck. Thank I want you, know. you to win. No one it, wants the Rams. Here's the thing: is it's not actually me, right? It's the players. Sure. So oh, you're not doing anything? Uh, no, I'm not. You wore a lucky shirt, player. though. Right? Yeah, I, um, no, actually, I have no Bengals paraphernalia. I'm just, really? I'm just, you know, it's kind of the local team from where I grew up, and so I'll be happy if they win. But if they don't win, you know, at the end of the day, it is is a game. So yeah, Fair. kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's more than that. Once but, you get the taste of victory, that'll change. <laughs> yeah, as well, Bengals fans, there's, all the jokes are about the exact opposite. I mean, oh, yeah. I've, I've got a good handful the of bungles. Myself, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I get it. So um, so that's all. They're going to wrap it up. Yeah, for call a, it a day. <laughs> the Dunway <laughs> Football the podcast. podcast. Yeah. So, um, so, Rob, you are, which district is it? Uh, district 2. So district the, the center two. slice right down the middle of the city, north to south. Okay. And does it go left or right? It goes one, two, three? Yeah, one is kind of the perimeter okay. area, and then two is kind of Georgetown, and then up, uh, and then three is over to the, the east, okay. east part of town. So, so one is like apartments and up to the village kind apartments, of? Apartments, and I think it includes um, you know, the neighborhoods kind of to the north um, uh, that are all now escaping me. I, my all the ones up by the village. Redfield is in right. there, I think, and, um, and all that, so yeah. Yeah. It's a good well, district. Georgetown's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why the hell would you get into this? <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I answered this question a lot when I was running, and I had a kind of a, a long answer and a short answer. So the uh, the long answer was, you know, I've always kind of thought that if you want to make the world a better place, you start where you are sure. and make that work and do something there. And so I live in Dunwoody, and um, I want to make Dunwoody a better place. And, I, and then corresponding to the world as a result of making Dunwoody a better place. Um, and then the other um, kind of more straightforward answer is that I thought I could do a good job at it and um, hopefully as good or a better job than the, uh, the incumbent. So yeah. I decided to run. And the incumbent, was that right, Teicher? Yes. Okay. Have you changed that tone? Do you, are you still happy that you won? I mean, oh, yeah. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm thrilled I won. <laughs> what, and what do you think of council so far? You know, it, it's a good group of people. Everybody that, that is on there, to me, it seems like, they all want it to work and work well. Yeah. I mean, it's everybody's very respectful. Everybody's very open um, to hearing each other out. And, you know, obviously people aren't going to agree on everything. But I, I get the sense. I mean, it's only two meetings in. But I get the sense that if we disagree, it's not going to be personal. It's going to be on this issue. You think this way. I think this way. Once that issue's behind us, we'll move on to the next one. And, yeah. and so I, I feel very... Um, very positive about this this council and mayor that we have. Yeah, I, it it seems like it's just gotten better since we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Since I started understanding what council actually did, and um, you see, you guys seem to work together well. And yeah, yeah. Well, see, what we were talking before the mic heated up. How you can't really tell who's because there's no party affiliation, yeah. which is nice. But even still, if you can kind of gauge based on someone's opinion, everyone's pretty much hovering around center, anyways, because everyone's pretty level headed and has some great ideas for the city. And on top of that, you have you know you see ribbon cuttings or, or different uh, community events, and everybody's there. Everybody's chatting and getting along. They don't have different sides, and I think that's benefited you know Dunwoody as a city and for the residents and those who work here as such a large part of the perimeter center. So yeah. yeah. 
thank you for joining this crew yeah. of great people. Because <laughs> one of your council partners, Catherine Lautenbacher, was on our board for Discover Dunwoody when I was there. And so she did a lot of great work for a few years on, on the board, too. So it's kind of the interweaving of people on different boards and becoming council people. It's, it's neat. Well, I think as you get more involved, I was on the planning commission for about four mm. years. You know, as you get more involved, it kind of gets you interested in getting more involved um, because you, you see uh, not necessarily behind the curtain, but you have an opportunity to focus more. You know, most people are kind of day-to-day lives just kind of focused on themselves, their kids, their job, their pets, their whatever. And so you don't know what's coming. You don't get to kind of you, you, you may not even be aware of opportunities to influence what's coming. Um, you know, there's, we had two park properties we just acquired, and there was some outreach to try to get, um, you know, some feedback about what we might want those to look at. And, and that, I think, was probably the most substantial outreach since the village mm-hmm. yeah. uh, master plan, and just in terms of letting people know, hey, here's something that's going on, you know, speak up. And it's hard to get people to do that. The village really, I mean, yeah. I remember showing up to that meeting and it was packed. Yeah. There was hundreds of people there uh, just crammed into this tiny room that's twice the size of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, people, when you can put the word out, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like What's Up Dunway kind of helps with that. Yeah, um, but, you know, if you're if, they're, if Jennifer's asking for, or Jennifer's putting forth the, you know, the questionnaires to ask for advice, it is nice that, you know, the citizens actually participate. And, and I will say, I'm, I'm going way off to the side here now, too, but if you speak up in government, your voice is disproportional because so few people do. Yeah, sure. And so if you th- have a thought, share it. I mean, there's seven people on the council and then the city boards, and that is a small fraction of everybody in the city. So mm-hmm. yeah. not everybody's going to think of everybody, every idea, and not everybody's going to think of every positive and negative with, uh, with the situation. So, And that goes down from you know the top. If you try to give your voice and opinion to, say, like the president of the United States or Congress or a, you know actual U.S. senator, it's going to fall on a lot of deaf ears because it's about a larger majority. And then you go down to the state level, and you might get some talk. You can do the three-minute thing at each state legislative, you know, open Open, uh, when they, they the, the open hour, whatever it's called, and then you go down to city government, and now you can actually get in front of the person that's your city councilman who's a part-time gig that lives down the street from you, and yeah. you can see him mowing his lawn. Yeah. You can actually, it's accessible, and you can create a movement that makes sense. So, And it sounds like you're open to maybe don't bother you when you're mowing your lawn, but at least you have the <laughs> openness to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, you could, you, I may not hear you. I'm <laughs> yeah. in my own, I'm, over 50 now, so my hearing is starting to fade a little bit. But um, yeah, most definitely. I mean, if, if people want to reach out, I, I've got an email link on the um, on the city website. I've got uh, some campaign social media that I've transitioned over, um, a Facebook page and uh, a Twitter, which is, was brand new for me. I'm kind of yeah, old. Have you ever been that. on social media? Uh, just Facebook. Um, and I have an Instagram now. But you know, you can reach out to me that way. So. It, or the, the city email is probably the most direct. You can yeah. get to it right, right Just now. remember, a Twitter like tweet. If you like someone, you are endorsing it. So mm-hmm. don't like anything that could be controversial. I, Keep it I all. Honestly, haven't liked any. I have the most boring social media <laughs> stuff. Um, so there's not going to be Good. anything I don't think like so. that. Yeah. Nobody's watching I, that closely. <laughs> I, you know, I, I started out my um, career long ago in state government, and it was kind of hammered in to your head that. You know, you didn't put anything in email. You didn't put anything down that you wouldn't want as a newspaper headline, or say in a podcast, or say, or in a, or say in a public meeting, or, or or any kind of public format. Is you know, and it, it was it wasn't that you couldn't say what you thought, sure. but you had to be careful about how you phrased it and framed it so mm-hmm. that it wasn't you know insulting or demeaning to someone that you could convey 
what you needed to convey in the proper way. So. Right. Well, you said state government back in the day. Do you want to go all the way back? Where you come from? We know Ohio. So yeah, what's I your kind of background. I, I I grew up in Ohio. Went to um, college at um, Miami of Ohio. Oh yeah. Uh, which is where I met my wife. And fun little fun fact: if you marry someone from Miami of, of Ohio and you're also a graduate, the university sends you a Valentine's Day card for the rest of your life. Wow. So that's every cool. February I get a Valentine's Day card. One yeah. of my best friends yeah, went there, but he's cool. he's class of 08, I think. So. Yeah, I was a long time yeah, before yeah. that. I was, <laughs> and then I did grad school in Indiana, um, and then I worked for the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency for about five years. You're gonna this is you have to probably edit out a lot of the. No, this, people want to know where they're all councilmen. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, and then so I worked in in Columbus, Ohio, for about five years. And underrated uh, city. You ever been there? <clears throat> Columbus is cool. It, really it's cool nice. City. The way I describe it is it's a city that has everything you need and nothing extra. <laughs> and so my wife and I decided we didn't want to live in Columbus, Ohio and grow old in Columbus. So we were looking all around the United States and we moved to Atlanta. So nice. the week of Thanksgiving, 1999, I moved down to Atlanta, moved down here, did private consulting for about 20 years. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, I switched over and I do uh, nonprofit work now for a, a Dunwoody-based international nonprofit called Alliance for International Reforestation. Hmm. So our U.S. headquarters is a um, mailbox at the UPS store next to Farmburger. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then our actual operations are um, in Guatemala. We've got um, a building down there and a full, you know, big staff and, wow. and all that. So. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I couldn't tell if you were kidding about the Guatemala thing. No, no, no. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 can, I, can, I can pull out a, a business card. The... Uh, um, the woman that founded this group is a phenomenal woman. She, it's good grief. We're, we're pushing, getting close to 30 years now. Yeah. And, um, the work that has been done down there is unbelievable. I mean, just, um, we'll, we'll get close to probably 8 million trees after this year planted. Um, you know, 5,000 farms we've worked with to convert to regenerative farming, um, you know, scholarships, uh, fuel efficient stoves. I mean, really transformative, um, we work with the indigenous Maya communities up in the mountains. Wow. Okay. And so, you know, very poor people, you know, smallholder farms. So anything you can do to make things more sustainable, to boost their yield, to prevent erosion makes a, a huge difference just almost immediately. Can you plug where uh, someone can go and donate since we're talking about uh, it? Airguatemala.org. There's a donate button on there. Great. Um, and we, we actually have a, cal- a capital campaign right now to build a second training center um, so we can expand further to the west. So. Fantastic. Um, it's yeah. I, well, you're I, still in Tree City, USA, right? Yeah. Now yeah. that we call ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a designation that you can get. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So but uh, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm drifting off of city council here, but the, this was a dream job that literally fell in my lap. I, I mentioned uh, before we started, I kind of taken a sabbatical. I decided I didn't want to do consulting anymore, and um, Ann Hallam is the founder of this group. Just found out I was on sabbatical and just reached out nonchalantly and said, hey. Would you be interested in working for me? And I said yes, and she was not expecting the yes. <laughs> and so the fact that I got asked was very flattering, and um, it's it's been a really wonderful opportunity. I've been really happy. When you moved to Atlanta, did you come to Dunwoody, and you've been here the whole time? Or? We did. We actually lived right over the border in Sandy Springs for a few months in an apartment where we shoved a whole house's worth of stuff sure. in an apartment and then a rental place. And then we bought a house. I initially lived um, on Vermac Road just up from the high school. Okay. And then we had some kids, and we had a steep driveway, and I didn't like the idea of a kid barreling down sure. on a bike out into heavy traffic. So we moved um, to a different neighborhood where I'm at the top of a cul-de-sac, and the kids can. Perfect. Nice. Or, now they don't 
play in the cul-de-sac, but when they were little. <laughs> How old are they now? Um, I have uh, one who is um, 14 and one who is 15. Okay. So. That cool. golden age. You're yeah. what, five years old. High school. That? Yeah. Seven. High school yeah. and eighth grader. Yes. So. Nice. Have they got Dunwoody? Uh, my oldest goes to Dunwoody. My youngest is in the magnet program at Chamblee Middle. So. Also a really good one. That's from my They'll be, uh, It'll be, the nice thing is they'll be at different schools, so they kind of each have their own worlds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, like I went to the um, the Dunwoody Shambly football game, and it was a lot of fun just to sit in the middle yeah. and go, "Good play, yeah. good play." You have <laughs> also a good play. You've assured this is. I just hope everyone has fun. Yeah, That's it was. Sure it were. was kind. It was kind of like that. It's like you know, you could tell one team was better than the other, but it was a fun <laughs> game to watch, and it's been it's been good in that respect. A lot, a lot more driving though. They're not quite my my oldest has her learner's permit. Yeah, but you know, at this age. There's a lot of just activities. and Yeah, I've got kids at two different schools now. One's at private school in uh, Peachtree Corners. It's a lot of driving. Yeah. A lot of driving. Um, so what would you run on? What was what do you really want to get done with the council? So I, what I are your ran, favorite things? I, I, I ran on a couple of different things. Um, one was just kind of to try to, to move and more comprehensively look at transportation. Uh, and there's been a kind of a push going on, and I just kind of want to encourage and further that some more to really work on um, bikeability, walkability, safety, you know, especially around schools. I mean, there's a lot of kids that ride bikes or walk to schools, and there are a lot of really kind of tricky problem areas. Um, you know, we've started this trail network to try to get a better trail system, you know, to allow for some connectivity. You know, it would be nice for the whole family be, to be able to just easily go down to Georgetown or the village or, right. you know, wherever they want to go to get some ice cream safely and not have to worry about, um, a segment that doesn't have a sidewalk or we'd, we'd like to ride our bikes because it's a little further but it's a narrow sidewalk and people are walking dogs and you can't get there so yeah. so that's kind of one of those um you know one of the other issues with sustainability um i i just can't believe we don't have for example solar panels on some city buildings yet i mean mm. th- that's the kind of thing that to me if you do it right will pay for itself down the line big time you know, people talk about global climate change. Well, the actions you take locally matter. And so a city, to me, ought to be setting an example mm-hmm. on how can we use less stuff and use the stuff we have more efficiently. Well, the beauty of that is if you use less and use it more efficiently, it also costs less. Yeah. And so to me, that's kind of hand in hand. And that was a, a fun selling discussion to have because regardless of where you kind of fit on the, uh, the continuum of political ideology, everybody likes their tax dollars used, you know, wisely. To right. Me. Um, so that was you know, kind of one, one of my big points. Uh, it came out of a, um, a question from the media about a social justice committee, and that wasn't originally part of my platform, but as soon as the question was asked, it to me seemed like, why didn't I think of that earlier? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would like to see a social justice committee um, stood up in the city. I, I think... I don't, I don't think there are any problems, but I'm also an older white guy, so I don't know that I get to make that it, choice. Yeah. And so it would be nice to have kind of a more diverse group just look at city operations, look at our ordinances, look at our policies. Is there anything we're missing? Is there any kind of, you know, something where there's a bias that we're just not aware of that we can fix? And now is the time to do it where there's not really an issue that's burning. Let's let's fix it now while we can without, before it's a crisis. So that, that came up and I... After I got asked that question, I added that as part of my platform as well. Um, and then, you know, one of the other I- ideas or items I kind of ran on was just trying to improve the arts culture. You know, there's not a lot. We had it's that, been a big thing lately. Yeah, and kind of a push. But 
for the longest time there was the everything will be okay sign and that was it yeah and i thought black you know, and white art you know and i have nothing against for example um urgent cares i've gone to urgent cares before <laughs> But boy, right across from the farmhouse, a little pocket park with a fountain or a nice piece of signature art would have been a great way to kind of bookend that entry to kind of the Domedy Village area. Yeah. You know, it would be great to get some art, you know, down the perimeter where people first come into Dunwoody from the south. You know, something that just says, oh, there's the, you know, the welcome to Dunwoody, not the big chicken, but, you know, a sign yeah. or, a, you know, some kind of signature. The big D, right? Well, I believe so. <laughs> Discover Dunwoody is funding with the city, uh, and it's it should be happening. I, I, I've been out of the D Discover Dunwoody game for a couple months now, but I know going into this year in the budget, um, I believe City Council, Michael Starling, had said that it was pushing towards it was going to be fully funded with some other funds and whatever, and it was going to start in 2022. So we will finally get wayfinding and gateway signage yeah. coming in, which we need desperately since our across the neighbors in Brookhaven have their own going yeah. into their destination. So um, that's coming. And of course, with yeah. that should be some sort of public art with the large Dunwoody swings. Giant D. With the, yeah, the yeah. huge D that you have a swing set on with the, everything will be okay from the top. I know that's kind of going away from that, but at the same time, I, I we all know that that peaked during COVID two years ago and yeah. we've since changed the mural at the, on the side of the Sproul um, Gallery next yeah, to the we've added some stuff down at Brook Run. Yes. So, so I just think- It's coming and you yeah, will just yeah, enhance yeah, that, which yeah. sounds like. But so, yeah, so, you know, a lot of these ideas aren't new. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm not in reinventing the wheel. I'm just kind of seeing what I like and, you know, kind of advocating sure. and pushing. But that, that to me, makes it very much more a community. Yeah. You kind of have a, a look or an idea or it, it just makes it feel more. I mean, there's plenty of strip malls and commercial areas all around the city. Yeah. And if you want yours to be different and unique, you have to do yeah. something to make it different and unique. Um, and private-public partnership always helps with that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, and another thing, I, since we keep talking about my, my platform, is you know, we've got the village, we've got Georgetown, we've got these areas that I think we can, we can do more to kind of lay the framework for how those will be redeveloped. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody wants the village to be more. You know, and to me, Georgetown is also very ripe for that because it's got a lot of um, residential, you know, apartment kind of places right now, and a lot of you know, single-story, low-slung buildings, and and it's on our trailway too. Yeah. So, so you know, what can we do to help move that along? You know, we have a, a development authority. I don't think we're necessarily using as well as we could. Um, you know, <clears throat> when a parcel becomes available in the village, could we pick it up and lease it out to a business that we want to be there? Yeah. Um, there's plenty of banks. There's plenty of urgent cares. What do we want to be there? Or you know, can we lease it out short term while we wait to see what else happens up there, you know, 20 years from now? Yeah. But well, just grab get, it when you have get, a chance get to Get some grab skin it. in the game. You know, at, at some point, if we don't want acres of, of asphalt, we're going to have to build a parking deck. Mm -hmm. You know, so do we have a piece of property we can hold? And, oh, as, as part of this redevelopment, we'll put a parking deck in so that all these restaurants that people want don't have to have these big parking areas they can have outdoor seating and all that and instead we'll put the cars over here in the corner yeah um you know so that to me makes sense and it uh, seems like the city is ready to pay for that kind of thing or or at least give tax deductions stuff like tax mm -hmm. credits is that what they're called yeah um for doing stuff like that yeah, yeah. basements um I've, I've heard more and more about that recently when Dunwoody sees something well the park they grabbed up you know that we would yeah. we might never see that much acreage just yeah. open up out of nowhere and so yeah I'm glad that they just you know grabbed it up and then try to figure out what to do with it yeah well yeah, and you're like, gonna have direct competition now and within Dunwoody which is awesome to see what David Avis and Dash is doing at 
in the village and then what high street's doing when we finally are digging like it's so cool i've you know 2013 is when i moved here and i started at the crown so i've been in dunwoodian perimeter like 80 percent of my career since living here and that's just always been talked about high street's coming it never yeah. came and they finally got the abatements they're digging and it is it's almost chaotic over there which how much digging they're doing but it's coming and so what i'm wondering too with you and and, and i think your focus would be more towards the village given that it's more of a local i know the high street well, has its own Thing, but it's I his think, district too. Now. Right, right. So with the village being so important, and I'm wondering too, and so we just saw in Roswell, they finally announced the Kimpton that's coming into Ro- downtown Roswell. It's going to be a beautiful boutique Kimpton. And then you go through the comments and I immediately wanted to check it out and you always see the locals. Unbelievable. We're getting a hotel. It's going to be so ugly. It's going to ruin the architecture. How do you combat those in the local Dunwoody folks who've been here 20, 30, 40 years, seeing the change in the village happening relatively quickly and how to, you know, kind of balance the scale of those who are, and I've, I've never Has been, it able, been quickly. I've never been able to say this on this podcast, but I finally can, cause I'm not at Discover Dunwoody is the NIMBYs, the not in my backyard folks who are always no. And then the new folks who say yes. And there's kind of that healthy balance. Well, the, the term I've actually heard has it's been, young folks, has been bananas, folks. build absolutely nothing anywhere near anyone. Um, <laughs> There are, I guess, two different ways to look at it. One is that people are not necessarily opposed to change. They just can't necessarily conceptualize what it will be like. Sure. So there is a it's subset a of people. Fantastic political answer. There's a that. subset of people that once they see what is there, yeah. they'll be happy. Yeah. It, you know, their worst fears weren't materialized. In some cases, though, some people really will be negatively impacted. Sure. I mean, yeah. if you if you butt up against something and it changes and it becomes louder and noisier and more annoying, that is a direct impact on your life. So I can certainly understand why some people would be opposed. I think the idea is that you try to mitigate the impacts as best you can. Mm-hmm. You know, what can you do to limit, for example, noise in sure. an adjacent neighborhood or, or a visual impact if there's some sort of screening or if we put up a parking deck in the village, how do we design it so it looks like a nice building and not a gray, you know, sure. Soviet era yeah. <laughs> block. block of some sort? <laughs> Um, part of it is just the vision and just trying to explain yeah. to the vision and the understanding that not everyone will ever agree with anything ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you just do the best you can for the most people most of the time. And, and, and thankfully the village was designed where it's like that epicenter now is couldn't it be more central to the village itself, you know, geographically. Mm-hmm. And then as it builds out, you know, there's already been development there. So even if there's a loud music concert going on there, it's it's going to be a bit till it hits the neighborhoods as far as where it's, it's not like it, oh, the new development bumped up against some old neighborhood that everyone has always enjoyed peacefully. So, yeah. you know, I think working from within and moving out, like you had said, makes yeah. it a, a geographic well, in, advantage. And the way the zoning is actually set up there is, you know, the tall buildings are allowed in the middle. And sure. You kind of, not necessarily pyramid out, but you you lose height as you go out right. so that someone's just not looking over into your backyard. Yeah, yeah. Bigger lot size. And they've already started doing that. I mean, just down from the Publix, it's been rezoned where it's, you know, tighter houses close to each mm-hmm. other. Um, it's just something... I don't know. With all the people in Dunway, right. it's just something we're going to have to get used to. It's just cool seeing it happen also. You, know, you say quickly as a joke, but it's true. I mean, to have Barn open when it did and have him redevelop what he did with before the other ones come in, the other restaurants, and have High Street starting to dig all within 18 months during a pandemic, yeah. like at the tail end of a pandemic, is pretty impressive. And you're joining a council that's obviously been pushing that, and you seem to have those similar visions, which well, is terrific. One one interesting, since you're, you're talking about two very different locations, kind of brings up a point. But they're which still is, your district, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you imagine what might be, the, you, to me, the piece that you have to think about is transportation. So sure. it's so much easier to get into the perimeter business district mm-hmm. yeah. 
than it is the village. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that people that have these ideas for the village and what it might be are aware of the constraints for vehicles getting in and out. Our two-lane roads. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's called Shambly Dunwoody. And I've made this observation before that that's why I think Georgetown is also a potential location for some of that kind of development Mm. because there the roads are much larger. The transportation is much better. It's right there off the highway. There's a potential. I I don't think it's slated to get one, but there's a potential for a bus rapid transit node at some point. far into the future. Like I said, I I don't think that that was picked as one of the locations, but the possibility of easily bringing more people in and out of that area, you know, leads to different kinds of redevelopment than the village, you know, than the perimeter uh, even. So um, being, I think, aware of the restrictions of sites that maybe aren't quite as obvious, um, I think is important. Sure. You know, I don't know that there'll be a boutique hotel in the village, for example. It's just, it's not the right spot for it. Um, if there ever was, I would gladly take the director of sales role there. So <laughs> let's just put that down in, in a couple of years from now. Yeah, um, I, I think what's cool is the, the perimeter area, or what do you call it? The perimeter business district. Yeah, business district. That's what Starling was calling it. Um, you know, you're just now getting around to trying to figure out what, how to lay that out. And, you know, after the buildings have already shot up, and that's what, you know, Michael and Jennifer were talking to me about. And, you know, now you're asking for ideas on what to do there. And it's kind of it's kind of like the village where you're just starting over yeah. and, you know, trying to figure out exactly. But it, but it is completely different stuff than in the village than in perimeter. Yeah. And then districts two and three are mostly just houses, yeah. mostly just, you know, neighborhoods, big much, neighborhoods. Much different kinds of housing and, you know, different kinds of concerns. Yeah. Um, you know, out in those areas. So, the, yeah, it's it's fun to focus on, you know, where the cool redevelopment might occur. But at the end of the day, you also have to make sure that people can, you know, safely drive to and from their, you know, their houses right. without sitting in, you know, endless lines of traffic and yeah. their kids can, you know, walk down the street. And, um, and the pandemic got rid of a lot of that. A lot of the traffic, it but did. it's starting to come it's back. Oh, I sat on Chambly Dunway oh, for like 35 this morning, and then Hammond was rough. I come in from Smyrna, and it was yeah. something happened. But it's I honestly prefer it. I remember driving in those days of COVID in April of 2020, and it, I don't sad. want that. Like we have with all these new businesses coming in, and Carvana moving into to, to perimeter as a, a new um, corporate partner here with State Farm and everything. It's like. I, I pray for traffic again because it means we're back, at least for me in the hospitality industry and yeah. tax revenue for the city. Because mm-hmm. you saw some restaurants fail you know, through COVID. I mean, the Hot Dog Factory, which was my favorite from Smyrna that opened in the mall, was eight months in the mall uh, yeah. courtyard and, or uh, food court and it was gone. Uh, but then all these new ones opening are right over here. If you've seen for in the State Farm building, um, mm-hmm. there's the Halal Brothers is opening soon. Uh, Sankranti, I think it's called, which is a, uh, like a Chipotle like counter style Indian food type type of concept and then Yao that just opened there so there's a lot of cool restaurants coming in this market that we need that traffic and people here not working from home every day to actually get lunch and do dinner and happy hour which you know people want that traffic yeah especially if you think about perimeter I mean a lot of the businesses here get their business from the workforce that comes in or that stays in the adjacent hotels yep I mean you know people don't many citizens proper do come into this area but if you know, it's a busy night. I'm not going to drive all the way down here. I'll drive right. to the village or to Orchard Park or right. you know, someplace sure. a little closer. Well, High Street, I think that might be my new spot. Like yeah. when it opens up, I think that's actually going to be really cool. 
Yeah. And that'll drive into people from everywhere because how yeah. often have you driven to Alpharetta, the Avalon, or the Battery? That's yeah. kind of our version of that that people want to see right off Marta, which will be accessible for everyone. Right. Um, you know, so I, I'm looking forward to that that well, day. This this actually leads back to kind of you know trying to get a community look in the arts um, issue. And I, I was at a, a conference downtown uh, um, for the uh, uh, Municipal Association um, last weekend and, you know, talking to um, you know, colleagues um, in different cities, and one of the conversations we had was everybody kind of wants the Avalon or Battery, and what happens when everybody has that? And it's not something special that people from all around drive to because you have one in your area. Yeah. Then you have to make yours something different and sure. something unique. And so I think that's another facet that we need to keep in mind is how do we make our versions of those right. unique enough that we draw the business that we want without. Yeah. I don't know if we want out of towners in the village. I no, kind of like to make the village, you know, what it just is. But, but mostly done with you know, perimeter, for example. But High Street, yeah. yeah. High Street oh, is going to be a destination. We already have slides ready to once they have renderings of everything. We know that there's going to be that golf uh, putt putt place and some putt shack. Some other things like we already have some slides ready to send to clients when we get more of a timetable here at the Marriott since we're walking distance to walk. say, hey, this this is opening here. So when your group comes in 2024, you can actually do an outing here. Because right now we get a lot of the teams. Um, we had a group two weeks ago that walked uh, over to Iron Hill, which has been a great partner over there. And of course, Double Eagle being here too. So um, I'm sure everyone's pro that development because I know you, you said, and I think some people try not to talk about the divide of perimeter versus the actual uh, village area, but there is a healthy part of that where it's okay mm -hmm. that folks don't leave here when they come here because there is so much to do to support the businesses and perimeter. And of course, the locals from Johns Creek, Shambly, and Dunwoody itself going to the village. And then when you get the couple bit of mix over, it's it's good healthy mix of, of local and not. So yeah. I know they can't vote for you, the folks coming in, but <laughs> well, but you know, any to me, anything that helps the city, right? In, in any way, you don't plus. have to worry about votes for a while now. So. No, but <laughs> <laughs> two years, right? I, I don't think that you, you. That's not how you should right. run. You shouldn't act as if everything is vote driven. It should be driven sure. based on what does the data say. You know, what yeah. is the right thing to do. Um, and so hopefully I'll do that. Well, well how would you get your name out there? If you don't like social media, how did you well, win the vote? Well, I didn't I didn't like social media. I said I wasn't very good at it. You don't use it very often. Um, you know, uh, I did knocking? two things. I did do lots of door knocking. I, I probably knocked on um, about 2,000 doors, wow. and I had a handful of volunteers that picked up some more for me. And how many of those people knew who was the current city council? Almost no one. Really? Yeah. Okay. They would say, who are you running I against? I um, I bring up people's names all the time, and they're like Rob Price. I, yeah. I don't know who that. Is. Um, and then I even like Hennigan, who's been there forever. Yeah, like yeah. and has a blog that everybody reads. <laughs> um, and I put out a lot of yard signs. I, I was um, very fortunate in that I had um, a lot of supporters near schools. So as people drove by, they would see. You know, I think I had three yard signs in a row in front of Dunwoody High School. Yeah. So you would kind of see my name a lot on some major roads, um, and then. I was convinced by a friend who was helping me on the campaign to do some direct texting, which I had not done before. Mm -hmm. And that was actually pretty useful because, you know, you'll occasionally get these texts. Well, if you re reply, an actual person responds back. So I would get people that would come back and I could actually interact with them via text. Yeah. You know, they would ask me, well, how do you feel about this issue? And I could say, you know, just a little one sentence, two sentence responses, but this is my thought on that. Okay, that sounds good. Um, or in some cases, you know, people would say, oh, well, I think you're better where you are. 
which yeah. is a polite way of saying you're not getting my vote, which is fine, you know. <laughs> not, not everybody's going to vote for you. But just, um, just outreach, just telling people to tell their friends. I mean, the, the, the way you do it, you know, the kind of the original old-fashioned way, you just shake as many hands and knock on as many doors and try to listen to as many people as you can. And yeah. What was yeah. the vote The vote percentage? Do you, do you remember? I don't even know. I was curious. 58. I got 58% wow, of the vote. Wow, okay. Yeah. Impressive for a... For not the incumbent, like the for new guy. Yeah, the new yeah. You guy. had a couple of good friends, I think, that reached out to me about coming on the podcast, and we were just through COVID. We kind of stopped interviewing everyone, but over yeah. the last few elections, I guess we've had everybody yeah. on the show, and um, so yeah, people people knew you, and your good friends were really supporting you. Yeah, I, I was. I had a good team of people that really helped me out. I mean, you don't ever do anything like this by yourself. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was actually. A little bit humbling, honestly. It's like yeah. you're putting that much into helping someone. Yeah, and, this, <laughs> and, and some people did not know people, me all that well. And they both just, the people that I talked to were they were good friends with you, and they yeah. just said, you know, this is a good guy. You should interview him. So, what was that like? The first, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was virtual, unfortunately, but your first city council meeting. It was in person. It was in person. Oh, and yeah. Was it a hybrid where folks could come could, in yeah, and wear masks? Yeah, hybrid. Good. Now, the, the first meeting we actually heard uh, we did a, um, a reading for the emergency ordinance that would let the city have meetings virtually i think through may i'd have to reread to make sure so with the idea that you didn't need to participate in person uh, but that's the one where i was sworn in so i had to be there in person yes. yeah um and then Which, that picture is just hilarious when joe's like a normal sized person but the, the ladies are so short and then you three in the back yeah there's some that, tall guys oh on my yeah. gosh it's so yeah, great I mean, really tall. a foot and a half taller like <laughs> I can tell you, I think in general, all the, the members of the council like to meet in person. I think it's better to meet yeah. in person. The thing I like about the hybrid is that if you're a citizen that maybe has some health concerns, that maybe is concerned about coming in person, you have the opportunity to um, provide a public comment right. remotely. And I would love to see a way to keep that as an option for people. You know, even if you're just a shut-in and don't have good or don't have good transportation, to be able to, to participate in government, to have your three minutes to this is an issue that I care about. I want you to hear my thoughts on it. Mm. Um, so hopefully that will continue. I mean, I think COVID sped all that COVID, up. COVID has shown <laughs> that that sure. technology is definitely viable. Um, but I, I personally think it's you can read a lot more in person. Um, you know, rolling back to when I was uh, running for office, I didn't make any phone calls because when you're on the phone, you can't tell how people are reacting to you. Yeah. You know, when I knock on your door, I can tell I'm bugging you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's my card. I'm out of your hair. Or I can tell, hey, you're maybe receptive to a conversation. Or maybe you have something you want to say to me, and I better make sure I listen to it. And so just being able to read people's faces by being in the room, I think, is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of the nuance of the conversation. Um, For sure. That helps. I I vote for my state senator. I voted for her um, because a volunteer came and knocked on our door, and no one has ever knocked on our door in the five years I've lived there for any sort of political campaign. And I typically wouldn't think I would have voted for that candidate, but I did because you know you talk to them and just ask a few basic questions on the state state level at least, which is a much more localized than the national level, and it worked. I mean, she got my vote, and she ended up she did win not because of my one vote, but she did win. And you you got to assume though that she her people were doing that, and nobody else was and obviously it worked for you as sitting here as a councilman so yeah well you know, your 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 one vote doesn't matter until it does sure right and yeah. done what it does man. And it does, <laughs> and it does how matter. many total votes was that do you remember uh, you know i want to say it was about about three thousand maybe somewhere between twenty five hundred and three thousand yeah um, it always surprised me how district. little people vote mm-hmm. well and it's because you mentioned it's like i don't know either of these guys mm-hmm. yeah and so your default is well i haven't heard anything bad do mm-hmm. i vote for rob or jim yes. yeah yeah <laughs> um 
And so plus it's local. It's not doesn't line up with the presidential or a yeah. big, like 2022 coming up. So that's very specified. Yeah, for a local it's, a, election. it's a, definitely an off season. Yeah. But, um, I love the fact that absentee balloting is so easy in the state. I, I did it in 2018 because I had to. And then in 2020, I was I had to again. And I going forward, I plan on just absenteeing every time because you get the ballot and you can read everything nice and slowly. You can take your time. You can look at everything. And you just mail it in and you're done. All and the double negatives you yeah, can cross oh, out. The backside <laughs> is where it's much harder because it's like here and for and when we will. It's ratified. Do you not, not like, one of What does this mean? I have to text some friends. That would always I would always to vote, especially in the big elections, have my little cheat sheet. Oh yeah, where I've yeah. researched everything, and there would always be one race. Or one issue that I'd missed somehow. Oh right, that's like the comptroller, the solar, the soil and water <laughs> commissioner. Do, do I like the incumbent or the new guy? Yes, I don't know. Yep. And so my default there is nobody. If I yeah. if I don't know who yeah. to vote for, that's smart. You know why? Like, and so if you ever wonder why the vote totals don't ever add up. Oh yeah, as you look down, it's probably because someone decided either they didn't like either person or they didn't hadn't researched that race and decided mm-hmm. not to vote. So like sure. a paragraph that nobody reads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are important, like the brunch bill. That yeah. was super important. You had to make sure you voted. And that was worded kind of weird. And yeah, it was I, like, that one confused Right, me. but it was like, we just, all we want to do is drink at 10 a.m. and not noon. Please, <laughs> someone just make this <laughs> Can I easy. write that in? <laughs> I know. You've seen it in Atlanta. You go to the, the brunch <laughs> rush is all like families with like sad parents who can't have alcohol before 10.30. And then okay. at 11.45 is when all the cool young kids Kids, uh, off the belt line will start lining up and then they're just waiting and then all of a sudden the servers come out <laughs> with two hands full of just drinks and it's noon we can drink so i'm glad that changed but yeah well what are some of the other stuff that you're you know really excited about that the city's that's coming up um i've heard this gold kiss spot that's oh, right here right here is going to be really cool campus 244 uh you know that's going on uh the um we're we're in line to get a nice grant from the atlanta regional commission um, for some trails, I think it's about four hundred thousand dollars worth of grant wow. money. They're they're soliciting they're soliciting comments on right now. Oh, yeah. um, the city would kick in about a hundred thousand of that, um, so that would be a nice you know addition to to the trail system in the city. Yeah. So I that, mean, it's almost done at this point. The the main trail from my house in Dunway North to the mall to where we are yeah. now. I mean, it's just, except for Old Spring House, right? It's pretty much yeah, but done. Uh, I think ideally you have that kind of trail system on all the main arteries you yeah. connect up all the, the parks and then honestly you connect it to other you know connect it to the the buckhead trail system you know you, you make it so that if you That's want dream yeah. if you want to go somewhere you could avoid having to get in your car to go there take and the belt line all the way to atlanta that'd be pretty it'd be sweet an, yeah. it'd be a workout you know yeah. <laughs> yes you'd, you'd know it but but it would be possible right yeah. and so that with that grant money um, that's coming in, is this type some type of thing that down the road there could be more opportunities for Dunwoody to to get in on this, or is this from like a COVID type of grant? What is this kind of money coming from? There, there's always grants around. There's that's always fine. money for things. So that's it's I, I, I it's part of a uh, livable cities program that the Atlanta Regional Commission is doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know where their underlying grant money cool. is yeah. from. But it's part of their livable cities. Because I went through program. it, and we can cut all this. But I went through it with Discover Dunwoody with getting COVID grant money for Discover Dunwoody to pay like our salaries, but also a mix of like marketing for the city. So it was all over the place with COVID, and then it's kind of transitioning back to normal. But comes some of it's come from the federal government. It's it's chaos. Well, so money even gets slung. Where around. would you like to see the best trails? I mean, like where where do you think is most need? It's it's nice to have them in the parks because you can exercise. Mm-hmm. But to me, they're better if they help you get from where you live to where you want to, to go or to so the park, yeah to the park or to the you know the commercial district to the village or the georgetown or you know um 
to the perimeter even so that you can opt. Boy, traffic really is awful this Friday night. Yeah. But it's only it's a nice night and it's only two miles to walk to whatever. Why don't we walk down there, get some dinner, and walk home? And, yeah. Um, and it's the little tiny things too. Like I live in Dunway North, and you know, walking through the neighborhood obviously barely pass anybody but then when you get to the edge of the neighborhood we've got like a nice lit path that has like the big you know lights and everything that stop traffic um we have those on both sides going into the other side of dunway north and going across to, to brook run and those were i'm sure they were kind of expensive but it wasn't well, like trailway pass that you know millions so, and millions of so dollars. so here here's a fun thing talking about lighting um the last city council meeting we actually did put um there's going to be a big lighting project in brook run park Oh. coming up oh, yeah, um, I heard about that. so it's going to put the lights all around the trails and along the roads and kind of wow. the main parking area so it'll make that area a lot more functional that's great because um, I, I used to run on that a lot and i had a, a my headlamp yeah <laughs> it always had to point yeah. it out yeah I, 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 it was never scary either it, it, that brook run area is just so nice yeah like i mean i would run at midnight and never see anybody and never see any sketchy kids right I drive from Smyrna to come to the to Brooklyn Park with my kids because it's there's a few other nice ones along the way and Chastain is one we really like with all the cool kids incorporated slide but the amount you have for all ages from the littlest kids to slightly bigger kids on the playground and then the skateboard park and you have all the amenities that you want in that and we're very lucky to have that in Dunwoody and that's been a very deliberate program to get it that yep. way I mean I remember when um, back when it was just the closed down former state facility there yeah back when we first moved here and so that it's much different now and mm -hmm. much more there's a lot more going on mm -hmm. and again here. that was you can't take down our trees don't take down our tree oh this is kind of nice right you know like yeah, yeah which, which is the, it's done yeah well it, like it, oh this is well worth it now i can you know walk but, to the park but it's the same thing of you know that, that's where honestly if um you know kind of artist renderings and conceptual sketches can help sure. like what will it be like what will it look like um just to help people envision because it's 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 tough to kind of think you know you're so focused on what it look like now to think about what and I'm, I'm talking more big picture not just the park in particular right. but but that's where we're at what now. could it There's, be like yeah there is big picture questions there's also uh bonds questions i've heard i've heard bonds a couple times now mm -hmm. is that something that you're you want to push for or is you that know, something I, that I, council's I like, pushing for i think you'll probably see a bond in some way um for a couple reasons one is we've got park needs that really um cost a lot more than can currently be supported mm -hmm. and then in general with the uh, the way that property taxes are handled your your city portion of the property taxes is frozen when you buy your house so as inflation goes on your homeowner portion of taxes doesn't increase right and so for that one specific home but if i were to buy a house yes, next year then it would be set that year yeah right. and it would that. be it would be for your homestead it's, it's yeah. for you but and so if you want to have money for things i think a bond is maybe the way to go but i i like those for two reasons one because you can specify exactly what it'll be for mm -hmm. and you're asking the citizens to decide if they want to support those things yeah. so it's not just seven people on the council saying we want to spend this money on this it's asking everybody in the city we think if we get this much money from this kind of bond We'll use it to do th do with these you know these specific things. Do you support that or not? You know that's to me ideal democracy on how your money is spent. Yeah. So it must be nice when you see for sale signs because in my head that means that if that person's been there for twenty years. They've been locked in at that, and then the new person comes in and they pay I, the newer rate. I, I don't necessarily think of it that way. I think there's a value to having. Um, sure, you're trading out someone a voice of someone who's dedicated to Dunwoody to some new or resident. or just sure. you know 
you get to know all your neighbors. Oh, you yeah. kind of have your comfortable neighborhood, and it's you know, it's fun when new people come in, but it's kind of sad when the people oh, that sure. you're, you're being around leave. So yeah. it's. Um, I don't. I've never looked at home flip over that way. I just, you know, when it comes now to the box. Now you're on council, you might. No, well, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, but but you know, just from the money aspect, sure. That's something I don't think maybe everyone's aware of. There, I wasn't until this very moment, and I'm so. actively buying, looking for a home in East Cobb. So I will understand that if I'm looking at a house that has an assumed tax rate, that if I go in there, it'll probably be much higher if they've been owning it since like 2002. So well, it's going to be. It's a percentage of the value, of, right? And of all the values now, as you know, Mr. Real Estate Agent, the values are outrageous. It is everything, um, and you know, using a bond would be an initial, you know. Put the money into the economy, and if it brings more people, then you know that helps pay for it too. Yeah. Now, if you're building parks and people are traveling here to spend money, then that's a a great way of doing it. And to me, you know, you use the bond for capital purchases, like one-time kind of things, because that money is not endless, right? Right. I mean, there'll be maintenance for whatever you put in that you need to factor in, but you don't want to use a bond for continuing operations. Yeah, but like something like what they did with the amphitheater. Yeah. Like that would have been a great time for a bond. Luckily, yeah. we respectfully, we saved up the money and then yeah. used the money. Like, Well, and I'm going to shamelessly steal Tom Lambert's um, note on this, which is the nice thing that a bond lets you do is if you're paying taxes in now, it lets you enjoy yeah. Yeah. now Agreed. It's a good way what it's for at. rather than, Oh, we're gonna you know save up, up or piecemeal this in over 20 years, and yeah. you know 20 years from now you no longer have an interest in you know those amenities or you've moved on. Then you paid for something you never used, yeah. right? And wow. if you're voting for something, you want to see something done immediately yeah. too. So yeah, that's I, bonds were something that kind of confused me at first, but now that we've been doing this 200 episodes, people keep bringing it up, and it does make sense in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, you just you just like I said, you is the cost worth? Yeah, the outcome, and that's something yeah. that everybody. The, it, it's nice because everybody can individually decide for themselves if they do or do not support that. Yeah, with all this COVID, is um, you know all the inflation and all the things that have happened. That do you think property taxes are going to go up, or, or taxes in general around the city? Because it's kind of assumed that the whole world is going to have to up pro- taxes. Yeah, well, you know, it, what, what's the joke? Everything's death and taxes, or this. this yeah. Um, I mean, your taxes go up by default as inflation goes up, right? Because, yeah. you know, even like a sales tax, if something costs more and you're charging, you know, seven or 8% or whatever, that chunk of money increases. Right. Um, That's something Dunway's proud of, you know, that we've never raised them before. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if the actual like um, percent will go up, but by default, if inflation occurs, then the actual yeah. amount will go up because the underlying value of what's being taxed goes up. Yeah. Makes sense. And we have a unique opportunity in Dunwoody like Sandy Springs does at the same time where we have all these corporate partners paying their their tax rates here. And that's why we want these businesses to come back and, and, and actually spend money here so they can yeah. continue to support all the citizens who get to have yeah, such a great was, low property tax rate. That is kind of a, a background concern is, you know, we have a lot of office floor space here that especially supports a lot of the perimeter businesses. Mm-hmm. And everybody's discovering that, hey, I don't need to be in the office every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can come into the office once a week or twice a week. And so what if there's a big contraction like down the road as these leases come up? We only need half the space we that's used to have. It's already happening, yeah. unfortunately. And so that's why Carvana's coming. I mean. Right. And so to me, that's kind of a you just kind of need to be aware that we need to make sure we're filling what we have. I mean, it's fun to build shiny new things, but we need to make sure we're using what we what we have in For place sure. already. Yeah. Um, 
just to keep that you know that area viable you know those assets um viable for the for the city so all right well i mean i guess that's a, that's it you got Sounds like we elected, with the city elected, a pretty good councilman. Yeah. Very happy to have him on board. <laughs> well, I keep hearing you're actually trying to get things done. That's, I, that's, I've heard from a couple of people, so that's I, good. I'm going to try to get stuff done. Um, I'll, I will, all I can promise is that I'll do my best. Yeah. Right. Great. Well, cool. Well, it was nice meeting you. If you guys have any questions um, for Rob, reach out to him. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. thank you.